I'd like to acknowledge Australia's First Nation people as the traditional custodians of the land, and for this episode in particular, the Gadigal people. I pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Even mates of ours who have reached out to us and and just let us know that that they're either sober or they're cutting back and and that they're really, you know, they're enjoying, you know, Heaps Normal has been um, really kind of mind-blowing and, and, um, you know, gives us heaps of energy to keep going as well because it's, it's exactly why we created it. This is Over a Glass. I'm Shante Whale. Andy Miller is the CEO and co-founder of Heaps Normal. He has a career that spans over 15 years working in a multitude of diverse industries. Today, he joins us to tell us the story about how a designer, a brewer, a pro surfer and a ginger came to create one of the tastiest beverages known to man. Hello, Andy. Thanks for joining me. Hey, Shantan. Really nice to be here. Thanks. Uh, it's such a pleasure to have you on. And I'm so curious. I've got lots of questions for you. I'll try not to bombard you all at once. <laughs> so tell me how you've like worn so many different hats in your career. Tell me about how you found your way into this niche non-alcoholic beer scene. Um, yeah, it was a it's a fortuitous accident in in many ways. Um, but on reflection, you know, when we when we first started Heaps Normal, it it just it felt like the com- the the culmination of of all of these random things that I'd done um, in the lead up that were at the time sort of quite tenuously connected. I think, um, in in my opinion, um, but. You know, when it when we started Heaps Normal, it sort of felt like the um, yeah the perfect combination um, of of all of that experience, um, which was a nice kind of um, nice moment of realization. Yeah, because you've had well a few different. You've worked in liquor, you've worked at Young Henry's, but you've also worked in music and arts and marketing. And I can see with all of those different uh, industries how you would take something from each of those and then still be able to apply them. What was the kind of um, main driving factor? Was it what your work at Young Henry's, or was it more in marketing where you saw a loophole and you thought we need to do this? Yeah, it's. Um, I think what took me to Young Henry's in the first place was, you know, um, an interest in uh, beer and, but also in, in um, the culture surrounding beer. Um, and, you know, having worked in music and in media uh, and um, in, in the arts previous to that, um, yeah, was that, that kind of connection with um, connection, I think, that, that beer. Uh, and, and that unique connection between beer and um, music and, and the arts. <clears throat> so, yeah, I think um, it was just really – it was an extension, I think, then for, for heaps – you know, to start heaps normal. Um, I think my time at Young Henry's also kind of showed me a different side of the liquor industry that, <clears throat> that um, uh, you know, having – sort of being so close to that um, and – yeah, just I guess that experience um, made me realise that there's you know there's an opportunity and um, there's an opportunity to um, I guess change the way we all approach um, socialising with a drink, um, and so that's why why we started Heaps Normal. I can imagine I can imagine you know especially at the time that Heaps Normal came about you know you really were at the forefront. There wasn't a lot of great non-alcoholic drinks out there. But tell me how, you know, yourself, Peter Brennan, Ben Holdstock and Geordie Smith, how did that come about? Were you out at a pub 
where did the conversation start when you were like, we should do this crazy thing about reinventing non-alcoholic beer? Yeah, it was, um, it was Pete's idea, actually. Uh, I think, you know, he's had a quite a different experience with alcohol in his life and with his family uh, than, than what Benny and I have had. But I think that's, you know, it's also reflective of um, of you know our broader group of mates and, and our community. Um, everyone's got <clears throat> a different a different experience, and so we were we were talking about this idea that Pete had um, a, around doing something with non alcoholic beer, and um, you know we started meeting up for for a beer every now and again um, to to chat about it. Uh, Benny, Pete, and I, and what quickly became apparent in the conversation was that certainly for the three of us, there were were lots of examples of, you know, the three of us just forgetting why we drank in the first place, sort of not, not really kind of remembering why we were drinking. It's just, it was one of those things that had become a bit of a habit. You know, you you finish work, you have a beer, you catch up with friends over a beer. Um, You know, there's, and it just becomes one of those things, you know, whether you're at the footy, at a gig, finishing work, um, celebrating a milestone, um, whatever it is, it, it just always seemed to be, you know, having a beer. And I think some of those things that were actually the main event uh, ended up, certainly for us anyway, getting um, getting sort of forgotten or sort of or pushed into the background when we thought it should be the other way around. You know, we, we think it's great for... Certainly for us, we, we love love meeting up for a beer, love, love having a glass of wine every now and again, but, um, you know, we feel like it needs to be in service of, you know, the, the social connection or the, um, the, you know, the music that you're there to see or the, the um, you know, that, that experience that, is, that it's complementing rather than it being the main event itself. Yeah, you couldn't put that better. I completely agree. It's all of these things are supposed to be a complement to life itself, aren't they? And not the main event. And I think anybody that's done a dry July or or just decided that they're going to have a little break really realizes it's not necessarily the drink that you miss. It's really the social events. I mean, these days you can't say to someone, let's meet up and you know, go for a walk or sit in each other's company. It's always for a drink or for a meal or for something. And and when you decide to abstain for a little bit, it sometimes feels easier to not go and to stay home. And that's kind of crazy, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Um, I think that um, seem, seems kind of silly, you know, for that to be the alternative. But, um, uh, yeah, I think, I think for us, you know, we think about this as, you know, like I've like I've hinted at, I think you know, alcohol is not the enemy for us, and we don't we don't tend to have many enemies. But if there was an enemy for heaps normal, it would probably be water. Yeah, <laughs> very fair. And you know, to be honest, the water is the most amazing thing in the world, so we don't want to have to compete against that. <laughs> <laughs> no, very tongue in cheek. We we obviously you know, water is important, but um, I think for what it signifies is what you were getting at there with you know. Just, um, you know, going out, if you're going out for a beautiful meal at a really nice restaurant or something like that, or you're going out for a gig, you know, if you're standing there or sitting there with a the water, um, it it's not really going to be much of a, it's probably not going to be the fun time you anticipated. Definitely. <laughs> I think also there's something, um, there's something so 
uh, cultural about how we think about drinking beer as opposed to other spirits and wine and things like that. Uh, a lot of people think of beer drinking as part of the Aussie identity. Did you guys think about that when you were marketing Heaps Normal? Yeah, we thought a lot about that um, identity and the connection with, you know, I guess how we all see ourselves as Australians. Um, and in that sense, you know, we, we've tried to bring that Australian identity through in everything from, you know, the can design, um, the style of beer that we chose to brew first up, which was an XPA, which is, is quite uniquely Australian. Um, and, and even the content and the sorts of partnerships that we've tried to develop, it's, it's really been Australia first. And, um, you know, we, we have had opportunities to, to export um, Heaps Normal abroad, but um, and we've taken up a few of those in the last couple of years. But um, yeah, Australia is really kind of the domestic market here is our is our main priority. And you've been incredibly successful, and I think it's really obvious that you see the product and you know a lot of thoughts gone into it. Especially like what you said about putting in it a tin. You know, there's this that sound that we've grown up with of that kind of when you open a can that is just really comforting. And I think. Um, you know, all of those little considerations that you've thought about, it really pays off in the drinking experience. I'm always disappointed these days when I go somewhere and they don't have heaps normal on offer. I'm kind of like, and I think there's so many great opportunity and so many beers now, non-alcoholic beers. There's lots of great ones out there, but it's just got, you know, I just think like, oh, you're kind of missing an opportunity there. So tell me a little bit about how Ben Holdstock redesigned the brewing process and how you decided to get flavor into your beverage yeah i think it's it's probably worth um explaining that you know ben's a really experienced brewer and he's brewed some of the you know some of our favorite um you know australian craft beers that you'd find in any pub or on in any bottle shop around the country Uh, you know not not heaps normal beers but but normal craft beers and um so for him to brew, you know, a really delicious um, XPA, you know, he could have written the recipe and brewed it the next day and, you know, we could have been, um, you know, had, had a beer in our hand a few weeks later. But um, with, um, you know, the, the challenge um, that he sort of set off um, to solve, you know, with us um, for Heaps Normal was, um, was really how we get that flavour um, that you expect from a craft beer but without the alcohol, which is responsible for carrying a lot of that aroma and a lot of flavour um, in the beer. So we started off in his kitchen, um, actually. It was um, it was still in the middle of, um, of lockdowns, um, and so we, we had to make do, and Benny um, tinkered around in his kitchen and, and did about um, uh, six brews over the course of six months and just you know, each time um, tweaked the process a little bit more, um, and um, until until we got it to a point where it was, um, you know, something that we thought, you know, could taste good. It still required a bit of imagination at that point because it wasn't carbonated and it was sitting at about one percent um, rather than being truly non-alcoholic um, and a few of those things, but that were all limitations of the equipment that he was using, but. Um, yeah, he, he did about six brews over the course of six months and, and really in the process um, of doing that had to 
go back to the drawing board and I guess re- just question every every step of the normal brewing process um, and how it could mm. how it was contributing to the end result. Um, so yeah, we we did that. It took us about six months, um, and then we had to sort of take a leap of faith and take the, that process and that recipe to um, a, a production facility, a, a, a bigger commercial brewery, and um, and just give it a crack and see how it turned out. I mean, there there are lots of options for really deciding to take alcohol away or, you know, bring the alcohol down with brewing. And I think that, you know, now we're spoiled for choice, but a long time ago it was kind of like either holding the brewing method or, you know, then de-alcoholization, which was kind of an afterthought. There's so many options and they all have like pluses and minuses don't they if you have less fermentable sugars then you're going to have a product that's you know lower in alcohol and I just think that you know there's so many options and 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 brewing is um it's such a process it's a journey and like you said there's lots of steps along the way so I can imagine that it would have taken him some time I would love to know if you'd had any photos of you guys standing around your kitchen um in that process because they would be so great to look back on now, wouldn't they? Yeah. Yeah. It'd be amazing. Um, we haven't been very good at documenting, um, all of those, those little moments. Um, I think we're all a bit, um, bit sort of camera shy, bit self-conscious maybe. Um, but there's a few photos of the bottles, um, you know, lining the walls in Ben's kitchen. So, you know, there's, there's at least that and, and you have the stories. And let's face it, the middle of lockdown, nobody wanted to be on camera then. You know, that was your excuse to just hide away and <laughs> pretend everything wasn't happening. Yeah, exactly. So who who is drinking heaps normal? Like you you have a little um, comment on your website that says, send us your, your stories. Who have you heard from? And, and is there a moment where you thought, you know, you see someone drinking it or, and you really kind of, you think, wow, that's really paid off and this is really rewarding stuff? Yeah. So probably a few things jump out there. Um, you know, the first thing I think generally is just what, the, just the wide audience that is discovering and enjoying um heaps normal and I, and I guess other non-elk um, beers as well. Um, it's, it's everybody from, you know, really, you know, young, um, you know, party goers all the way through to, um, you know, older, older kind of members of the community who, um, you know, maybe have a medical condition um, that, that prevents them from drinking, um, you know, there's, and everyone in between, but um the the ones that you know have really excited us um, have been um, and and I say excited us because there it's the audience that we really kind of that inspired um, creating heaps normal in the first place um, was the artists and athletes um, that you know are part of our community and and you know and friends of ours that have come to us over the last couple of, couple of years and. And just said, oh, you know, finally, you know, this is, it's so great to have an option like this. Um, and so just, yeah, I guess to, to put a point on it, the, you know, the number of musicians and the number of, um, of athletes, you know, um, even mates of ours who have, um, who have reached out to us and, and just, you know, let us know that, that they're either sober or they're cutting back and, and that they're really, you know, they're enjoying 
you know, Heaps Normal has been um, really kind of mind-blowing and, and um, you know, gives us heaps of energy to keep going as well because it's, it's exactly why we created it. And I think the insight for us there was just how um, – how kind of in the background um, it is um, that you know when people decide to cut back or or to stop drinking altogether, it's not really something that people um, talk a lot about. And so there were a lot of a lot of surprises in there of you know people who we didn't necessarily expect to immediately gravitate towards heaps normal, but um, who are some of our biggest fans. Yeah, I think there's such an array. We think. But maybe we first think of Dry July or we think about somebody that, you know, has decided to, that they don't want to drink alcohol anymore. But there's so many things in life where it's just much better to not be a little hazy, you know, whether it be that you're going out for dinner and you've got to go back to the babysitter or, you know, you, you're you the one that's driving or it might just be that, you know, it's, you know, a wedding. I mean, I remember my wedding day. I didn't want, everyone was trying to, you know, tell me to have some champagne and, you know, I'm in the wine business. So, but the last thing I wanted was to be slightly fuzzy standing at the altar. I wanted to be really clear headed and, you know, and I think something like a non-alcoholic drink was perfect for that. You still want to have something delicious, but you know, it's, and I love that you have that as your little tagline, too good to be wasted because there's moments where it is just, you know, you don't really want to forget any moments, especially think with our Australian summers, you know, like I thought it was amazing when I lived in Bondi and I'd see people from France or Spain and they'd come and they'd have, you know, like six, 12 pack of beer down the beach. I was always like, what are you doing? How are you going to swim after drinking beer? <laughs> to me, it just doesn't go together if you're, you're swimming in our big surf and, ha- and drinking beers, but maybe afterwards up on the hill. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, and that's it. Like I said, alcohol's not the not the enemy for us at all, um, and we still really enjoy um, the odd drink. and And we genuinely we genuinely think that alcohol um, and the alcohol industry has a really important part to play in in um, changing drinking culture. Um, so, you know, we're not we're not about. Um, we're not we're not trying to sort of preach sobriety for everybody. Um, obviously, if if that works for some people and that's their choice, then we fully support that. But we equally support um, everything else, you know, in between as well. Um, you know, if you're just cutting back or just um, using, you know, heaps normal on occasions when you know when you can't drink. Um, that's uh, that's kind of what it's all about, I think. Definitely. And can you tell me a little bit about when people look at your beer and they see that it's less than 0.5% ABV, what does that mean for people if they perhaps are um, on their L plates driving home or if there's somebody that's pregnant and they can't have any alcohol? What does less than 0.5% mean? So it means that there's a trace amount of alcohol in the beer, but to put it into context, um, you'll find trace amounts of that, you know, of that size um, in a lot of foods, um, in ripe bananas, in you know, store-bought orange juice that's been in your fridge for a few days, um, in kombucha that you buy off the shelf um, at the supermarket, um, even in some burger buns. Um, so. You know, it's not something to be concerned about, but, um, you know, I, su- I suppose it's always, you know, if, if you do have, um, if you do have a kind of specific, 
know, condition or you're worried about it um, and how it's going to affect that. We always, you know, advise chatting with your GP and getting getting your own med- medical advice. But <clears throat> generally speaking, for for sort of for most people, for everybody, that is. Um, or I shouldn't say everybody, but you know, you know what I mean. For for almost everybody, um, you know, that's not going to be, um, it's not going to be an amount of alcohol that can, you know, do you any harm. And we always we have a fun sort of way of thinking about it that um, that we stole from from a friend of ours who said, um, who said, you know, you'll you'll drown in it before you get drunk. Um, so you, no matter how much you try to drink, um, you are not going to have a a blood alcohol reading, um, you will, you'll just fill your body up with, with liquid, um, before you actually, um, before you get, um, drunk or blow a, a blood alcohol reading or from drinking heaps normal. I think that's really important because I think that, yeah, some people will kind of think, oh, maybe I can have one, but I, maybe I shouldn't have two because I'm not sure, you know, what that means over time. And and just knowing that your body can process it faster than, like you said, it, it can read. I think that's just really important. And as we move into this new stratosphere of um, lower alcohol drinks, non-alcoholic drinks, it's just something I think that it's great that you make it really clear, but it also, you know, there's so many things out there that have trace amounts of alcohol, like you said, with um, whether it be, you know, tiramisu or whatever it may be that we don't actually think about. Um, so I think it's great. You've got so much clarity to the product and so much information without it ever feeling educational. And I, I, I really have to commend you for that. I think that's really awesome. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, I think we're, we're learning as we go as well. There's there's a lot of questions like this that, you know, we've um, had to field along the way over the last couple of years and, and in, some, in some cases go and dig up the answers for ourselves. So, you know, it's been, um, it's been interesting in that sense. And <clears throat> one of them, um, one of them was actually when um, early on a few people, you know, challenged us because they said, um, Oh, you know, are you sure that this hasn't got any alcohol in it? Because, you know, I've had I've had a couple, and I I feel a bit of a buzz. So I just you know just wanted to double check that you haven't got any alcohol in in heaps normal. And so we we had to we actually went back and tested the beer again just to make sure, but um, there there wasn't any any alcohol in there. And so we did did a bit more research and found out that there's actually such thing as a as a placebo <laughs> beer buzz. Um, so that was um, that was a bit of fun. I was going to say, as soon as you said that, I'm like, it's got to be a placebo. It's got to be that habit that we learn that when you're drinking beer, that there's going to be that little upper that must be still present in a lot of people. And and what a treat that is to say people feel, you know, that little highlight, that little, and it, and it really, it's such a tasty drink. And I think that there's not a moment when you're drinking heaps normal that you ever feel like you're going without at all. Like it really does quench your thirst. It's got so much lovely hoppy multi character but it's still so damn refreshing i i could um wax lyrical about it because i'm such a big fan <laughs> oh, uh, you guys very nice of you to say <laughs> and i drink a fair bit of them i have to say so um so you then added in um another lager how did the another lager come about we um we wanted to do another style that we really enjoyed drinking um and so and yeah, something that was that was different. You know, there's a lot of there. Were, there was already a lot of um, uh, 
there, there were already a lot of pale ales um, out there and IPAs and that sort of thing. So <clears throat> um, it was only really the the big guys that were doing um, lagers. And so we, we thought it was really important that there was an independent um, lager option out there for, I suppose, <coughs> pardon me, I suppose that that more traditional beer drinking audience, um, you know, I think, um, but it's, it's still a craft lager as well and, and an accessible one. So, um, yeah, it's, we try not to pigeonhole who our beers are for, but, um, but definitely the idea of doing a, a lager was, um, you know, trying to try and reach, reach a kind of bigger traditional beer drinking audience. And, you know, you know, if somebody needs to do a shoey or something like that, that's probably the one <laughs> to do it with, you know. <laughs> Not that I recommend yep. that. We made it for Daniel Ricciardo. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, you guys won some incredible award um, in, was it 2021? At the World World Beer Awards? Yeah, we, we won a few in 2021. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, that was a, that was a really exciting one for us. Um, you know, we don't didn't start heaps normal to win awards but um it is really nice i guess particularly um you know particularly kind of great for you know benny's hard work on the product to be acknowledged in that way um so yeah we were we won the um we won a trophy and, and country winner um for the no and low um alcohol category at the world beer awards last year that's truly awesome and and in a time where you know, the world's gone a bit mad last few years, so a hard time. And I just think that's such a reward and, and yeah, just goes to show how well it's recognised. What's next for Heaps Normal? Um, are you looking at bottling, using bottles? What's next on the horizon for you guys? Yeah, we um, we would really love to get Heaps Normal on tap. Um, you know, there's a few technical challenges um, to achieving that um which we still want to work through and um it's really important to us that we don't rush in you know to to achieve you know that exciting milestone at the expense of um having something that's safe and stable um uh that people can enjoy yeah i mean having it on tap would be awesome that's the thing i think i missed the most in lockdowns was like i just want to have a beer on tap because nothing tastes quite like it um but that would be awesome so fingers crossed that those technical hitches you know you guys can kind of leap over and you know fingers crossed on the horizon but you live in bangkok now is that right it is i was just gonna say um the um one of the technical hitches could be um maybe a, a trend in the making or if um if we just lean into it a little bit because the one of the challenges is actually um the lack of alcohol causing the beer to freeze in the lines. So we um, we have joked that maybe beer slushies will just have to become in vogue for the um, for the summer. Well, look, I don't hate that idea. Is that terrible? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as someone that drinks a shandy occasionally, which I know is just so uncool, but um, I don't know, a beer slushie, I mean, they're doing froze these days, so I don't think you're far off. Yeah, exactly. It's it wouldn't it wouldn't be too much of a leap given what else is happening in the market already. <laughs> and what about like the the drinking beer drinking culture over in Bangkok? I mean, is that that's where you live now? What's that like over there? Um, yeah, it's it's really hot, obviously. So um, it's it's great beer drinking weather, um, and it's a really interesting um, 
beer market over there because it's dominated by two two families pretty much two two kind of Thai families mm. um, and the craft beer scene has been um, yeah it's it's evolved in a really interesting way because it's it's been it's been underground for most of you know the last um, decade or more um, and so a lot of um, a lot of there's there's always been a lot of um, small craft producers um, from from what I've learned so far but um, they sort of don't get bigger than you know what what you can than, than what they can be as a bootleg operation um, so it's interesting and really cool in the sense that it creates this underground scene of a lot of um, a lot of small producers but I guess the the challenge or the disappointing sort of aspect to that is that there's not many if any of them that that break break through that um and and reach a larger audience um that's all changing now there's a lot of movement in the brewing laws um in thailand so it's going to be interesting to see um what happens in that space now yeah well amongst all the other things you're doing in your life i'm sure that being over there is somewhat of a reconnaissance mission to kind of <laughs> suss it out and see the scope. Yeah, we'd love to. We'd love to have heaps normal in Thailand. Um, that's definitely on the cards in the near future. Um, you know, we think the the beer drinking um, audiences and beer drinking markets of Southeast Asia are kind of a really great backyard to explore um, as an Australian brand. Definitely. I mean, they also have always had maybe I'm making that up, but they've always had slightly lower alcohol strength beer as well, right? And it, you're right, it is so hot. I remember being in Thailand and the only thing I could get that was cold was beer. Like even, you know, any other drink was warm, but the beer was always cold. So, you know, as if Aussies need another excuse, but <laughs> that was just always the option. Yeah, 100%. Um, yeah, it's hard to go past a, an icy cold beer on a Bangkok uh, afternoon. There's no such thing as winter in Bangkok, so it's just hot or hotter. <laughs> I always like to ask, if you could only drink three beverages for the rest of your life, what would they be and why? Ooh, um, I'd have to say the Heaps Normal XPA. I, I've been drinking it every day. Uh, it's going to sound, that sounds like a cop-out, but I, um, I guess it's just, it's part and parcel of us creating something that we genuinely enjoy. Um, and want to drink every day. Um, mm. I've had a lot of them in the last two years, and I'm pleased to say I'm still not sick of it, <laughs> which is which is a good thing. Um, uh, the other one would be the Liars Spritz. Um, it's a non-alcoholic mm. version of the Aperol Spritz, and yeah, again, speaking of you know drinks on a hot day, um, our um, our really great friend and neighbour. Um, makes really delicious spritzes um, in Bangkok downstairs in the, the apartment downstairs and um, and the liars um, version of that you know is is pretty close to the mark um, so I, re- I really enjoyed that one yeah and then the third one would be um, fresh coconuts um, the, our fridge in Bangkok is just always loaded up with um, with coconuts from the markets and um, I genuinely drink at least one a day 
Oh, such a good beverage. I Even when, you know, I, I don't have actual coconuts, but I buy coconut water and there's only a couple that I really love, but you can, it can feel it doing something for you as it's going down. Like it's just doing something for your body that's so good. So three amazing drinks and I'm a huge fan of the Lies stuff as well. And I know that Aperol, they worked on that for quite some time and I agree. They've totally nailed it. So three delicious drinks and uh, I have to say it's been so nice to have you on. Thanks for you know spending a little bit of time with me today and uh, I can't wait to see what's next for Heaps Normal because you know I think you guys have revolutionized tasty tasty beer for for the market so I'm so thrilled so thank you it's been such a pleasure thanks so much for the chat pleasure we'll chat to you soon cheers to you this is over a glass I'm Shante Whale Stay tuned for more stories from the world of wine and drinks. Listen in every Thursday on your podcast app. Follow us on Instagram at overaglasspod and contact us at overaglass at deepintheweeds.com.au.